0: Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction, and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your
1: next great read. Welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are doing sort of like a solstice winter holiday episode. Uh, we are talking about Lexi Foss and J.R. Thorne's new book, Winter Fay Queen. It will be another After Dark episode because we'll be discussing sex and then some cursing, uh, likely cursing. Yeah, so monitor yourselves appropriately. I'm going to start with the characters, locations, and Marissa will do our plot this week. So we have our main female lead, Artica. She's bubbly. She has the Christmas or winter spirit all year round. So much so that even though it's July, her room is completely decked out in Christmas and holiday decorations. She has a full-on evergreen tree in her room. She's an elemental fae, specifically water, and she has an affinity towards ice. This is a reverse harem. So we have three main male romantic leads. Our first is Cult. He is a royal water prince. Um, Like Artica, he also has an affinity towards ice. He's very attractive. And Artica has had a crush on him for years. They went to the same school. He is currently working as basically an emissary for the Fae in the North Pole. He resists being part of a triad and he resists his attraction to Artica because he is the broody male in the harem. We have Lark, he is a royal winter elf prince. He is about to ascend to the throne. However, he's nervous because he only has one member of his triad and normally when kings ascend, they have already established their triad. He makes amazing hot chocolate. He is also described as being very attractive and is a Basically kind of like the leader of the harem. Finally, we have Norden. He is a Selkie. He can turn into a seal. He is the first and at the start of the book only member of Lark's triad. They've been friends since they were children. He has a thing about hair as it's where Selkies get their power from. He is probably the most outgoing sexual of the group. And he Pushes Artica and Cult the most about joining the triad, and he is the comic relief of our hero. And we spend most of our time in this book at the North Pole. So, in the universe, the North Pole is a winter wonderland. Everything runs on belief. Uh, this is where the characters spend most of the time as Lark is about to become king. Marissa, okay. would you like to pick up with our plot? Sure
0: our story begins with artica running late to class today is a big day today she will learn if she's been awarded the internship that she applied for that will allow her to work with prince cult of the waterfake kingdom who acts as an emissary to the winter faking artica is super nervous as she only applied to this internship as a dare because she has had a crush on prince cult forever after Artica makes a harried entrance to her classroom, the process begins for selecting internships. The students must select a bespelled bobble and correctly undoing the spell will reveal the student's internship location. What Artica doesn't know is that Prince Colt and Prince Lark, the future King of the Winter Fae, have placed a special enchantment on one of the bobbles and only the person who is the perfect candidate for the position will select and solve the enchantment so artica selects the enchanted bobble and uses her affinity for water magic to successfully solve the riddle marking her as the perfect candidate for the position with the winter fay prince cult of course knew that she would be the perfect candidate artica artica is thrilled and flustered as she always is when in prince cult's presence They go to her room to pack her things as they are leaving for the Winter Kingdom immediately, but before they go, Colt gifts Artica with a snowflake necklace from Prince Lark that is also bespelled. It serves as a wishing charm, which will allow Artica to manifest anything that she wishes for within reason, but also Colt has bespelled it to reveal if any potential mates will be compatible for Artica when she arrives at the Winter Kingdom. And so they arrive at the Winter Kingdom at the North Pole, where many of the Christmas traditions that thrive in the human realm are rooted and upheld by the Winter Fae. Elves create toys for humans, they thrive on cheer, eat mainly sweets, and are overall enveloped in a sense of joy and magic. The magic in this kingdom is rooted in a sense of belief, and that's what helps the kingdom to thrive. The start of Artica's internship comes at a crucial time in the Winter Kingdom. Prince Lark's coronation, where he will become the king, is only a few days away. Much of cult's duties recently have involved encouraging connections between the realms by encouraging the other realms to attend the coronation of the Winter Prince and smoothing over their concerns. But he also has a dual purpose, which was finding the female component to fulfill the mating triad for Prince Lark. In this world, mating involves a triad of three males and a female. And so Prince Lark has already found one mate in a Selki named Norden, and he has sensed that cult is also meant to be part of their triad. Cult, however, has resisted Lark and Norden's attempts to bring him into their relationship as he is afraid of commitment and possibly hurting his mates by not believing in them enough. In this realm, a glimmer of disbelief could mean that Prince Lark will be rejected by the winter magic source, which would result in chaos and potentially war between the winter and water realms. So in part, Colt has brought Artica to the winter kingdom because he believes that she's meant to be part of Lark's triad. And this belief is confirmed when she meets Norden shortly after entering the winter realm and their connection is instantaneous. Norden even allows Artica to touch his hair, which is an honor reserved only for very special people. Norden announces that Artica will be made a candidate for the potential mate to Prince Lark, and after teasing Cult about joining their triad, he leaves them. Artica realizes that Cult had a dual purpose in bringing her to this kingdom, not just as his intern, but as a candidate for Prince Lark, and is mildly annoyed with him, but also receptive to the idea. The cult and Artica spend the evening enjoying the dining options that the winter kingdom has to offer and they offer and they get a little drunk. That evening, cult realizes that a low level mating bond has started between him and Artica, which is alarming to him because he's afraid of his feelings. Basically, this is what he's been trying to avoid. And now that it's formed, he doesn't want to let it go. And so the next day, after giving her a tour of the castle grounds, Kalt leaves Artica with a ton of reading materials about the Winter Fae and its customs and states that he must go to Greenland to check on Interfae affairs. Artica is disappointed in him leaving as he's basically abandoned her in her new job, uh, but she begins reading the things that he's left her. Norden has been trying to give Artica space to adapt to her new surroundings, but after after two days he invites her to come meet prince lark when artica arrives in the throne room where norden and lark are prince lark does not make a good first impression he states that they'll be keeping artica which upsets her as it violates the mating customs of the Water waterfay and implies that she is property she stands up for herself indicates that if he wants to be her mate He's going to have to go about things the proper way. And based on their interactions so far, she is uninterested. So she leaves. And Norden chastises Lark for being too forward with Artica, just as he was with Colt. Norden states that they must woo Artica. And so they do so by sending her sweet gifts and inviting her on a date with them. Artica agrees to go and they have a lovely time. Lark makes her his special blend of hot chocolate and honor he has not even bestowed on Norden. And they arrange for Kalt to bring her some of her favorite foods from the Fae kingdom. Kalt feels torn as he desires the connection between himself and Artica and the others, but he feels unworthy of them all. And so Kalt returns the dishware that was used for Artica's date to his cousin Cyrus, who is the king of the Fae, to Cyrus's home where Cyrus encourages him to accept the love of the triad. Artica's bond calls to him, but he continues to separate himself from her, which causes his magic to get a little fritzy. And he's not the only one that's affected. Artica's water magic begins to behave strangely as well. And Norden takes to spending more time with her because he's worried for her safety. The night before the coronation, Norden is sitting outside of her door just in case she needs help. Artica invites him in, and they initiate a deeper mating bond by having sex. She also accepts her part in the triad with Prince Lark. And then the day of the coronation arrives. And so Prince Lark has resolved that he will be unable to convince cult to accept the triad bond. And he is disappointed, but has decided that he, Norden, and Artica deserve someone who is willing to accept their bond and ultimately their love. He brings coronation outfits for Cult and Artica to Cult's store and says as much to him, and Cult continues to feel conflicted. Cult delivers Artica's coronation outfit to her, and Artica severs the mating bond between her and Cult, believing that she has accidentally forced it on him and that he does not tr- truly want her. The severing of the bond feels devastating to Cult. And he continues to try to ignore his feelings, but the coronation begins. And Artica is given the honor of carrying Prince Colt's crown in the procession, where it will be blessed by the magic of belief by the members of his kingdom, which is integral to his ascension as king. However, Artica's magic continues to Fritz and King Cyrus of the Water Fae has to use his magic to keep hers suppressed. Colt, who is watching the procession, realizes that something's wrong and makes his way to the throne room where he conveys this to Prince Lark. Artica is overflowing with winter source magic. She arrives at Prince Lark's throne to crown him, but when she touches his crown, all of the winter source magic enters her body, which could potentially kill her. Her source magic from the Water Kingdom is now in a tug of war with the winter source magic and it can pull her apart. The only thing that could potentially save her is the completion of the triad mating bond, but it all comes down to cult accepting his role in their triad. So what will happen? Will cult accept their relationship or reject the bond and spark a war between the kingdoms? Spoilers abound. So what did you think of this book? I enjoyed this book. It was pretty cute. Um, this, So we've read some of Lexi Foss's books before and they are typically much darker than this. So she co-wrote this with an author, J.R. Thorne, and I haven't read any of J.R. Thorne's other books, so I don't know what they're like. Um, but it was interesting to read something that was so uh, light in comparison to what we have read so far from Lexi Foss, which is, I mean, like, vampire romance, mm, super, super detailed and involved sex scenes and, like, blood play and some other kinks, mm-hmm. like, her, the books that we've read from her so far, so Chase Lee Benton was one of them, the um, the Immortal, was Immortal Bonds, that series. Mm-hmm. I think, it's there. Um, yeah, a lot more serious. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was just really, really different from what I'm used to from this author.
1: Yeah, I was uh, based on the cover anyway. I was ex- like, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be like basically a Hallmark movie, but in yeah. book form, right? That's what I thought I was going into. It was good, like it was good. I just I'm probably gonna have to go back and reread it another time when I'm kinda out of my thunk. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I, I really like Lexi Foss and I like the characters that she created and yeah. everything. So
0: I get what you mean about the cover. It does kind of look like. I mean, it's just like this happy. It looks like a like the cover of a Hallmark movie or something. This happy girl in a skirt and a hat and like a winter scene, and there's this like magic like heart around her. Mm-hmm. It does look kind of like a Hallmark movie, so I get that, and it does kind of give off that vibe. Except that Hallmark movies have no sex in them. Yeah. Or and not not harems. So, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's a cute, sweet holiday, Mm fae romance.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it.
0: I'm very curious about the other. So, this I believe is part of a larger universe. I think it. Um, there are several other series that they've co-written that. Explore the other fake kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And so and this is just a standalone novel within that world, kind of like a Christmas episode on a on a TV show, I guess. Um, but it does make me wonder about the other books because I feel like there were some concepts that were introduced in this story that I didn't fully grasp. and I feel like they were probably more thoroughly covered in the other books
1: yeah i agree like um the spirit realm i guess and the whole source thing yeah like it wasn't really it makes sense to what it is but there was no real explanation sort of behind it they just kept calling it that and i was like oh well i guess that must be where like all the magic comes from like source that makes sense but there wasn't much behind it yeah
0: and that there were some different types of fae that I hadn't heard of before the midnight fae. I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, the spirit fae, I hadn't, I feel like they haven't experienced that type of fae before. And then there was one other thing that I was like, what is this? Um, so there were just a few things like that, that I feel like we're probably talked about more thoroughly in other books. That didn't really get explained and I mean that I get that makes sense right you don't I mean it's intended to be a standalone but it's part of a larger series and so I feel like they gave us an adequate amount of information about this world to understand most of what was going on but there were just some finer details it's like I don't know what this is oh like the um so there are four levels of mating bonds right they only release
1: they don't go over exactly what they are.
0: Yeah. So like what, and like you can break a level one mating bond, but anything above that, like there's no coming back from it. And there's just some details like that. And I was like, I would like more information about this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like what's a level two. We get, we hit level one, we get level three, which is I guess having sex, which is interesting to me because I feel like in all of the other fae stories we've read, like, like the fae have sex with everybody all the time. They're just very sexual creatures. And in this one, it sounds like, like they she initiated a level three bond with Norton at some point in the story, which means that they had sex. So does that mean casual sex isn't really like a thing for these fae?
1: I interpret it sort of as how there had to be intent behind it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for it to trigger a bond that the act of sex itself wouldn't do it, but there has to be some feeling and something like some intent behind it to form the bond, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I just have some questions about things like that. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll have to read the other books to find out.
1: Yeah. Do you think you could live in a world where it's a holiday time all the time like this?
0: I, without the use of magic, no. Mm-hmm. So part of what helps in this situation, so she's naturally a super cheerful, joyful person anyway. So I feel like that would automatically knock me out of the running on this realm. Um wrist <laughs> is <Marissa's> out. <laughs> I'm probably better suited to a different world. Um, but part of part of what I think helps facilitate some of that is there are th- the magic of this world causes people to be joyful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So just on my own without some magical assistance. No, I don't think, I don't think the winter Fay realm would be the one for me.
1: What about you? Oh God, no. I, I couldn't.
0: Too I feel much like joy. Be
1: too much joy. I feel like it would be exhausting. Again, like without the magic, I think it would be kind of an exhausting place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's just, it sounds like a fun place to vacation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I think it for me personally, I'd be exhausted with all the happiness. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I do think it would be fun to decorate for Christmas all year long. I've Mm -hmm. had so much fun decorating for Christmas this year, just because I did my ornaments and decorations different from how I have in the past. And I have enjoyed it so much. So I do think it would be fun to be able to, I mean, to have that sort of spirit all year long, but Without magic, I don't think I could make it happen. Yeah. Magic must be so nice. I know. Having a crap day? Eat this enchanted candy cane. It'll make it better. <laughs> Feeling bad? Here's a magic lemon tart. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah. I loved that candy cane idea that she put in there. Mm-hmm. That little thing. That all the different candy canes cause different things to happen. Yeah, like her singing, that was cute.
0: Oh, it was cute, and her trying to pick the one that would. So, when she picks one that disables cult magic for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene. I really enjoyed the description of the the cafeteria where all of the the food is. I love when I love scenes that feature food. I, <laughs> but they were talking about how like the most savory thing that they had in this realm is like apple cider
1: oh I couldn't I eat sweets 24 7 like that (laughs) I couldn't
0: without magic also my note and my my kindle was like oh no there's no cheese in this world I couldn't do it yeah cheese cheese is life-giving to me I
1: wonder if they have because you know sometimes there are cheese danishes Yeah, maybe cheese exists that way or cheesecake, kind of. That's a well, it's not really cheese, it's not,
0: yeah, it's not not the same. That's I'm looking at like some fried mozzarella. (laughs) All right, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So something that I really liked about this reverse harem, and I feel like we don't see this in every situation, is that the males in the bond, so they have this triad bond, the males in the bond have to possess an equal amount of affection for each other as they do for the female in the bond. Mm -hmm. I really like that because what we've seen with some reverse harems is that they all have the affection for the female. And they see each other as kind of like brothers or whatever, but they don't love each other in a romantic way. Sometimes we run into that, but a lot of times we don't, or at least in the ones that I've read. And I feel I really enjoyed that aspect of this book. Reverse harems seem like they would be a lot of work. Yeah, especially, yes. Oh my gosh. Like if the female was carrying all of the romantic load with yeah. all of the males, I, it seems like that would be overwhelming.
1: And all of the like sexual load though too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's like they can the men in this one or the males, right? They're mm-hmm. able to they're attracted to each other physically, so they have yeah. sex with each other. So the girl can get a break. <laughs> yes. Instead of in a lot of other reverse harems where there are like seven guys and they all want to have sex with the one girl. Yeah. Um but I mean what do you do all other than just like have
0: sex all day? Yeah, I don't know. It would be yeah. exhausting. I feel like you would be sore constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed that as I, I really enjoyed that aspect of this um this reverse harem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I enjoyed the flirtatious interactions between the male characters as well. Again, that's not something that we get as often it seems like in some of the reverse harems. And I really enjoyed Norden flirting with Lark and with Colt. It's they're just really cute. The flirty scenes were really cute in this story. Yeah, yeah Norden and Lark were really cute. I loved them. They were adorable. I think
1: um, Lola and the Millionaires is the only other only other reverse harem I've read. Is it Lola and the Millionaires? I think where yes. they it's were
0: all Catherine different. Moon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the only other one that I've read similar mm-hmm. with the dynamic um, where the men are also um, attracted to each
0: other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even in that situation, not all of the men were attracted to each other. There were some of them that were.
1: That's right. There was that one that wasn't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There were two the alpha there were two. I don't it got confusing because there were like four alphas in the pack. I don't think this is how packs actually work. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't really know about packs, but there were like four alphas. And I was thinking this is a lot of testosterone whatever but yeah I think there were two of them that were not attract like not sexually attracted to the other males but then the other males were attracted to each other Mm -hmm. that was a good one too I really enjoyed that reverse harem did you have a favorite male bond or a, a male character in this triad
1: I definitely like Norden the most. He's you know, he's a comic relief. He's funny. He um he, he's so overtly sexual with that, mm-hmm. with everyone. So I enjoyed his lightheartedness. I think he was my favorite. And he was just so funny about the hair. It's like I guess you can brush my hair. I love that. Yeah. That I great. thought it was
0: interesting that with both so with Norden. He hadn't let Lark touch his hair, mm-hmm. and Artica was the first person who got to do that and then with Lark, he hadn't even shared his special hot chocolate recipe with Norden and only got to because of Artica,
1: yeah, that hot chocolate thing though, what was that? It's just hot uh, chocolate, like I understand the hair thing because that's where the special hot chocolate, have... yeah, but. <laughs> It's just hot chocolate. It's a special blend. You don't want to share it with anybody. He mixes the spices himself. No. I mean, I guess I just, it seemed the hot chocolate was, I get the hair because that's, you know, that's where their magic comes from. But the hot chocolate is just like, no, this is my secret hot chocolate recipe. You can't have it. I liked
0: it. I thought it was cute. I mean, there are some things that you want to just share. Like, sharing secret sequ- secrets with your partner. You don't just share that stuff with everybody. You save it for someone special. He sh- mm-hmm. he saved his special hot chocolate blend for his mate. It was cute. I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. I thought Norton's thing with the hair was cute too. Like his hairbrush was a family heirloom. He didn't want it to touch the ground. I mean, it sounds just like just saying it out loud. It sounds silly, but when we, you know, put it in light of that being the so the hair being the source of their magic, that's really special. Yeah. But then I think about how disgusting hairbrushes get. <laughs> and I just wonder, what is this hairbrush like?
1: <laughs> I'm sure he cleans it.
0: Maybe it's like an enchanted hairbrush that cleans itself. Maybe did you have a favorite i really liked lark he was the most uh alpha pushy or not pushy i don't mm, forceful maybe Mm -hmm. of theater yeah yeah but he oddly so when i imagined him i imagined thranduil from the hobbit the movie Mm -hmm. specifically lee pace and I think he is super attractive. So in my mind, it was like wheel, And I was like, okay, yes, I'm here for this. Pointy ears, icy blonde hair, strong features. Let's do it. He was really cute. I, I really liked. So I know that his approach initially with Artica was a little bit gruff. Because mm-hmm. he, he starts off really strong. He's like, so we're keeping her, right? She's like, excuse you? Don't get to keep me. I'm not property. You have to go through the channels. I need to be wooed. <laughs> but I really like this comes in at the end of the book, his explanation for how he just automatically knew that he was she was a soulmate, basically, because he is just like his soul is so closely tied to their magic source that when he encounters the person that he's meant to be with, he just knows there's no like process of courting to see if they're compatible or things like that. It's instantaneous. And so he starts off really aggressively, but I love the idea of, I don't know, a magic source pointing you in the direction or saying like, this is automatic. Like, this is it. This is the person. It takes the guesswork out of dating, I guess,
1: which sounds nice. (laughs)
0: It's, avoid um, bad dates avoid bad dates avoiding avoiding you know heartache spending time with people that you're not meant to be with all the red flags it's just an automatic sort of situation so mm-hmm. and then I started wondering would you trust it because I think that's something that Artica struggles with because that's not how she's been raised in the winter kingdom like they've known each other for 10 days and they're so like life-bonded soulmates
1: mm-hmm um I'd probably oh gosh I mean I've read so many of these books that I'd probably just roll with it (laughs) if somebody told me that I'd be like you know what sure yeah I've read about it in a book I read about it in a book
0: yeah I mean there's so many things that we've read about at this point I feel like we're a danger to ourselves if any of these situations ever come to fruition I know Why did she do this stupid thing? Well, she read about it in a book one time and she just decided to go with it. So now she's in hell (laughs) with a demon prince. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it would be it. I mean, it sounds delightful to take the guesswork out of dating because Lord, what a nightmare.
1: Do you think you could be in a harem or reverse harem, I guess? I
0: I don't know. If there was magic, probably so. I just can't imagine dating four or five people at one time. This happens on an episode of Futurama, doesn't it? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't. Imagine having the energy without magic to date, five, four, three, more than one person at one time. Um, I know that people in polyamorous relationships make it work pretty well. I'm very curious about how it goes. Um, my, the only reference that I can draw to this is going to be sister wives where the guy is dating. It has three. How many wives does he have now? Four. Well, no, he got divorced from. One of them. He might just be down to three now, <laughs> and that's uh, not a great reference for a real life situation and making this work. So I don't know. Also, I don't know that I'm coordinated enough for group sex like this. So I don't know. It sounds appealing when I read about it. I'm like, gosh, this is the best situation ever. But making it happen in real life, I don't. I don't know that I could. I do think it would help to have, like I said earlier, all of the people in the relationship having an equal amount of affection for each other, though. I do think that would make it feel less overwhelming. What about you?
1: I worry about being jealous. Yeah. Maybe. Um, For example, so Lark tells Norton that he loves him like a lot, all the time, which is so sweet, right? And in the end of the book, it's mentioned that even though it's like a, couple, a year later, you know, he's never said it to um, Artica. And I feel like that would make me, and she's like, it's fine. Based on his actions, I know he loves me. But to me, I'd be like, why is, what? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I... Would worry about that happening i also am not sure how great i'd be at group sex um it's just a lot of dicks yeah you know it's a lot
0: it's a lot it's a lot of coordinated movement yeah
1: i know that people make it work i am so curious about polyamorous relationships and how that works
0: yeah i'm curious about them too they sound really
1: interesting yeah, and it sounds um, like a good idea. <laughs> really, agree. You know, yes. you have different people who meet different needs mm-hmm. for you. Yes, I. So
0: I think, I think a mistake in a relationship is expecting your partner to meet all of your needs. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that's that's what you have other people in your support system for. And so I, I like the idea of that in a, in a polyamorous relationship, having people meet, being able to meet different needs. Um, I also think, so we, I've seen a lot of stuff. I feel like recently about why monogamous, um, monogamous single person relation or not single person, but like couple relationships are frequently not successful. Um, and then talk about like, I don't know, biologically we're meant to be, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about at this point.
1: But I feel No, I, I think f- I do. There was um something that showed that we're more biologically inclined to be with somebody for like seven to nine years than to be in a monogamous monogamous relationship for a lifetime. Yeah. There yeah, there was something. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So
0: uh, it seems like in a polyam relationship you would I don't know that would maybe bypass some of those issues that people might run into in monogamous monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I do think they're really interesting. I would like to know more about them. But I think that whatever it is that we see with sister wives on TLC is a poor representation. I, w- I would like to see a healthy representation of a polyamorous couple. Yeah, but that doesn't, couple, that doesn't make for
1: good TV though, right? No. Yeah, that's a problem. So I think it's um, really interesting. They say Festivus a lot. Mm-hmm right? And I was like, I didn't think that was a real holiday. So I looked it up because I just watched the Seinfeld episode on this, right? Mm -hmm. And it was something that was created um, by a man named Daniel O'Keefe in 1966 to commemorate his first date with his wife. Then it became popular in 1997 when his son, also named Daniel O'Keefe, wrote it into a Seinfeld episode. It's celebrated on December 23rd as an alternative to the pressures and commercialism of Christmas. And I think it's so interesting that they ever call everything festivus in this. They always say festivus in the book. A
0: festivus for the rest of us.
1: Yep, exactly. The aluminum pole, but they do have the evergreen in this. Yeah. So. but there's the feats of strength. Oh gosh. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah because i was like when they said that the first time in the book about festivus i was like is that a, actually a real holiday i thought that was like just a seinfeld thing <laughs> so well now we know now we know
0: now we know mm-hmm.
1: um yeah So we don't get to see all of the powers in this book, but is there a specific power you would like to have? Of the ones that we do get to see,
0: I would like the ability to insulate myself against the cold. Mm-hmm. That's something that the they do. The Artica and Cult, I guess the the Winter Fay people, either they do that or they're adapted to the cold. But both Artica and Cult use their magic to insulate their skin against the cold. I cannot think of a handier skill (laughs) or I hate being cold. It makes me angry. It hurts my body. And so having the ability to insulate myself, I mean, my feet would never get cold again. How great would that be? This would enhance my entire life. So if I, and, and I know that's like really specific, you're probably asking for like larger phase specific powers, but I want that one what about you
1: i that's a great one and i switched my answer to that but (laughs) i really like how i've always really admired like um ice skaters right figure skaters and so in this she mentions because she's a water fan she has this natural affinity to ice she's this like amazing figure skater and i'm like i want that (laughs) it's like i want to do that um which but yours is way more practical because I don't ice skate ever but for somebody who can't ice skate and who like stands at the wall mm -hmm. until it's time to go (laughs) that would be cool I mean
0: you don't ice skate now because you're not good at it but if you were able I bet you'd ice skate all the time ice skating was such a big I feel like there was a phase when I was a kid where ice skating and gymnastics were a really big deal. Like, Mm -hmm. um, Oh gosh. And now I can't remember Christy Yamaguchi, I think was Michelle Kwan. Um, What's her name with the blonde hair who does the um, Oh gosh. What's her name? She does the commentating with Johnny Weir and Oh, it's Tara Lipinski who does the the commentating with Johnny Weir at like the Olympics. They were a really big deal when I was a kid. So I totally get the desire to be able to do that because I watched like the Olympics when I was young and they had the sparkly outfits and it was so
1: cool. Yeah, I remember all that too. Yeah, it'd be cool. One thing that I wish we saw a little bit more of in this is... Norden being a selkie yeah right we saw him be a seal once I think mm-hmm. otherwise you know we just hear about how he likes hair and he's always naked because it's the selkie way mm-hmm. um but I would have liked to see a little bit more of it you know it's a multi-point of view book so it'd be cool if there was like a chapter where he was hanging out as a seal like underwater or something I don't know <laughs> you know yeah I would like to see that
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. I, I really, so this book, like you said, is told from multiple point of views and I really enjoy that. I didn't, and I don't know when I start loving that, when I started enjoying that so much in books, but I feel like now when I read a book with multiple, like with, I don't know, multiple prominent characters and there's not multiple points of view in the book, I'm like, this is
1: disappointing. Mm Hmm. Yes. I feel the same yeah I don't know when it started either
0: I mean I just I like having the uh usually it's the male's perspective of what's going on their situation or their perspective their feelings on things in conjunction with the female's perspective or feelings on things too I just and I feel like it enhances the story or maybe it enhances the way that I feel about the characters
1: it's easier to get to know a character, get attached to a character when you like have been in their head, I yeah. guess, which is what a multi-point of view would, you know, provides. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked Norton. He was, I mean, he was kind of pushy. Mm-hmm and super sexual but he was really sweet too I and mean, he did a lot i feel like to um take care of artica especially after cult basically abandoned her let's talk about cult for a second
1: yeah we haven't mentioned him like at all <laughs> he annoyed the heck out of me oh my god i know i got I'm so frustrated crazy. with him oh my god i don't believe in things
0: i'm just scared like it's okay man just say it i'm afraid of my feelings and i'm scared of commitment Mm -hmm. i wanted to know i wanted to know more about him because he's got these really really strong feelings of being unworthy and i feel like something more must have happened to provoke those feelings besides just his dad losing one of his mates and being sad Like, what else happened to you, man? Who hurt you? It's got to be more than this.
1: (laughs) He, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And then I got, sorry, you were about to say something. No, go ahead. So I didn't appreciate him trying to sub Artica in in his place as a water fate mate bond. I feel like he was dishonest with her. And in the beginning, she's like, oh, okay, so you didn't just pick me to be your intern because I was qualified for the job. You're trying to make me this candidate thing, mm-hmm. which annoyed
1: me. Yeah. And our main character annoyed our main character too, right? And she didn't yeah. like it. Um, yeah. That would have pissed me off as a person. They're like, yeah, you're just kind of going to be my replacement for this reverse harem because I don't want to be in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it. It feels genuine. They talk about how important honesty is and this feels dishonest and sneaky to me. So I didn't appreciate it. I think he's a coward, at least in the first part of this book, running away from his feelings. And he gets better. Like he comes in clutch right at the end, but the whole, almost the whole book, uh, just my notes for cult are you sad, stupid man. And (laughs) why are you so afraid of your feelings?
1: (laughs) Go to therapy. I think that was one of my notes. You need therapy. You need to
0: talk to someone about this. (laughs) Uh, This is an excessive fear of commitment that you're showing right now. And I, (laughs) I was reading this. I get to the part where Artica, she takes off the necklace that he gave her because she's hurt. And disappointed in him. She takes off the necklace. And she severs their bond. And I almost got a little tearful. And I was like why am I about to cry right now? (laughs) Because I felt so bad for her. Her feelings. She was so upset. Her feelings were so strong. That I started to get a little bit emotional. It's like we deserve better than this. Mm -hmm. That was part of what frustrated me too. They deserve better than this guy. He was like yeah I don't know how I feel.
1: And I think. Norton says that to call it later on like when he's finally come to his senses and he's like no I'll help I'll help and Norton says something about him not deserving it anymore and I really like when Lark told him who says um the invitation's open anymore or whatever he says um to him right yeah. before the ceremony finally showing him that he can't People aren't going to wait around for him. Mm -hmm. Come to his senses. He needed that push. He really needed that push. He did. Mm Yeah. Faith. Feelings.
0: Yeah, feelings are hard. Feelings are hard. Um, I really liked the way that they, the authors used, uh, like wintry or Christmas themed words mm-hmm. as like curse words. Yes. So I thought that was so cute the way that they worked that in. So there would the characters would say frost mm-hmm. or fey, or I don't know. I just I like that as an element. I thought it was cute and a good way to work in like words that we would work in, but in a way that is lines up with the fae characters.
1: Yeah. I also like. So we've talked before about how I love cute nicknames, but Cult eventually calls her Little Fury, Flurry, not Fury. Little Flurry, little mm-hmm. Flurry, which is cute. Not my favorite nickname. They're they're better out there, but that was cute. I like yeah. that.
0: I liked their nickname for or for Colt, which was Frosty, because he was yes. so.
1: Frosty. Mm-hmm. Frosty yeah. the snowman.
0: <laughs> I also liked how uh, the um, thematic words translated into their uh, innuendos as well. So at one point, Artica references a penis as like an icicle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they call it a creamsicle at some point, too, which I thought was cute. And I also loved Norton. I mean, he's just so silly and playful. Um, He renames all of the departments in the North Pole and he makes them naughty. So (laughs) like the toy factory becomes the TNA toy factory, the baubles, decorations, suites, and magic center, BDSM. I mean, it's just, it's so playful and silly. And Naughty at the same time. I just enjoyed that a lot.
1: Yeah, he was a really good um, little bit of comic relief there. He was great. Yep. Um,
0: After Lark makes a terrible first impression with Artica, they send her presents. Which is nice. But then they invite her on this date and it was so cute and sweet and thoughtful. They take her out into like the snow so that she can hang out with the penguins, which sounds like a really fun first date to me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting to hang out with penguins and like social penguins. That's so cool. Yes. They take her ice skating
0: they um, have cult bring food from her native kingdom. It was very thoughtful. They did a good job on
1: this date. You did. Going along with the cuteness, so when they're in, they're in the spirit realm, right? Mm-hmm. And they all have these vows for each other that's yeah when they're in the spirit realm that happens yeah right um they all gift part of themselves to someone else so uh, um artica right she gifts like her good hair all of her good hair days to norden like all these cute things Mm -hmm. i would never be able to think of that many she has to think of like six i think she's come up with six things to gift i would just be like um sarcasm I don't know. I can be nice sometimes. You can have Aww, that. Dicky. <laughs> you have more
0: than two positive attributes. Uh,
1: I, but I mean, I wouldn't be able to think of, of anything. She was so on the spot. Like, I'm sure if I sat down and was like, I need to think of six positive words for myself. You know, I could di- I'm sure I'd come up with something. But she's right on the spot. And she comes up with all of these things. Just... This is unrealistic. <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. <laughs> Somebody needs to write some affirmations when we're done recording this podcast. <laughs> I would gift my spectacular crafting abilities, my commitment to a good costume. Um, I would gift, I don't know. Skis. Mm, yeah. I mean- It's hard to come up with things just on the spot. Yeah. I I feel like sarcasm and wit are something that I could also gift as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been told that I have a very loud laugh. Mm -hmm. So I would gift all of my moments of joy and laughter. And I'm pretty free with my laughs. So I can gift my moments of joy and laughter. Um I I bet if you really needed to in a pinch if the time was here and you needed to come up with some vows you could come up with six positive attributes <laughs> maybe <laughs>
1: But I thought the vows were really cute.
0: They were really cute. Oh, your artichokes.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, there we go.
0: (laughs) In the spirit of Christmas season, Vicky is famous for her artichokes. (laughs) It's a big deal. (laughs) So the coronation arrives. And I mean, we had to introduce, introduce some type of element of conflict or fear or some type of motivating factor for Colton here somehow and so um, the coronation arrives artica's magic is going haywire and turns out she could die if cult continues to reject their bond and i again just got very frustrated with him because like you did all this stuff to avoid hurting your mates and look at you hurting your mates anyway because you're scared yep i was so frustrated mm-hmm. and then so you mentioned this earlier but this is where Norton is like well why are you accepting things now and it's like okay I love that you're having this argument but our girl is like dying and yeah they have not the best time
1: they have such a long conversation I remember thinking that because we have it's from her point of view and she's listening to their conversation I'm like this is going on for a really long time like she's dying. Yeah. Help her.
0: Like, I'm glad you're having these conversations, but maybe not, maybe yeah. not the best. Let's save her first. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Let's focus on, let's focus on that.
0: Yeah. Cause she's about to die. Uh, yeah. So, um, I would say that Colt did a really good job at convincing everybody that he didn't actually want their relationship because no one is like, he has to do a whole lot of convincing, especially with Artica to be like, oh no, I'm choosing this. Like, I want this. I was wrong. She's like, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And she feels bad because she feels like it's her fault that he's been pulled into this relationship now. it's Like, man, you should have just been like more open and honest with your feelings from the start.
1: Yeah. But we wouldn't have
0: the conflict. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a story. So I guess it's good. I don't know. (laughs) I liked it when they, um, they also, they solidify their bond and Mm -hmm. I'm, I know I really just love how Norton and Lark like lift each other up and they support each other, their relationship. I know that the, the main story is meant to be about I don't know I just really like Lark and Norton's relationship and how supportive they are of each other um you know my train of thought just fell completely out of my head oh but I like that so they've made it they've created this mating bond which means they are insatiable for sex and I think it's hysterical again Norton coming through with the comic relief he writes like the 12 days of sex mess basically yes <laughs> yeah on the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me uh or miss, I can't remember what it's called an orgasm in a jacuzzi (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: yeah yep and then it's supposed to become a tradition Mm -hmm. right oh just kind of a fun thought experiment I guess so the world is like powered by belief right um Mm -hmm. and Holiday cheer. So I wonder if at times there are issues, I don't wanna say like powering the realm, but you know, when like, let's say right now we have lower birth rates than we ever did before or than we've had in the past years. Um, People are having fewer kids. A lot of their cheer and a lot of their power I guess comes from kids. Are, we, are they going to start seeing the effects of this changing population? Um, what about during depression eras, right? Pandemic times. How much cheer is there? I, that's just a thought experiment, I guess. Okay. <laughs> On this. What do you think would happen? I don't know. Oh. think a power crisis. Yeah. <laughs> they have to save the North Pole
0: yeah mm-hmm. so. I, yeah I don't know I feel like their fade. they could they could probably find a way to cultivate belief in other ways because that's what they do they're magic people but
1: that's mm-hmm. not fun to the thought experiment
0: <laughs> sorry I don't what do you want me to say like I don't, I don't, I don't know. know the winter <laughs> fing- kingdom is gonna fall the shields will fail the penguins
1: will all die Oh, no, that's too dark. Uh, You've gone too dark.
0: You are impossible to please. I <laughs> will not offer any more answers.
1: Uh, fair enough.
0: I love, love at the end how snappy Prince Lark gets with Artica's parents. They were like off continent they didn't know that she had gotten it it's only been it's 10 days it's been 10 days. She got to the North Pole ten days later she is fully mated and whatever. So I mean okay, but I love how like her parents are out of town they couldn't get a hold of her. They show up because they just found out about it and they just go on and on and on about their vacation and Lark is like, I'm gonna need you to go take your seats <laughs> It's rude to go on about your vacation and not congratulate your daughter on her mates. So, and being the queen now, they also address, um, issues related to like birth control and, uh, disease transmission, which I like to, Faye they can't get STDs must be nice. And Lark has to approve the possibility for, uh, life to occur. So I don't have to worry about birth control.
1: Ah, that would be so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a quote. We're moving on to quotes then. Uh, I picked, I loved animals, but those dogs needed to learn some damn manners. And Artica says this about wolf shifters, because <laughs> she's worried mm-hmm. that she's going to get an internship in the shifter realm. And I absolutely love that they recognize that shifters are the worst. <laughs> wolf, shifter. wolf shifters. I'm sorry, wolf <laughs> shifters. Uh, it's apparently, it's just canon across everything. It seems like that wolf shifters are awful.
0: They are. I like that too. I highlighted it in my Kindle. Like, she says wolf shifters. Oh, yep. Totally my fate. And I was like, same girl. I feel the same about wolf shifters. <laughs> Yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I liked this quote. Uh, Norton says it to Lark when he's feeling a little frisky after he goes for a swim. I think Norton's just casually walking around naked because that's what he does. And Lark is giving him some orders. And so he says to Norton on the bed at Selkie, and Norden says, "Of course, my prince, make it rough. I'm in the mood to bark." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was cute, but also funny because he's sulky and seals bark, and I just thought that was a nice tie-in. And if you were a shifter, I don't think that I could. If I were a shifter, I don't think I could avoid making any sort of puns or jokes about my abilities. So I <laughs> liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thoughts?
1: I enjoyed this book. It was a cute little holiday book, um, Reverse Harem to read. So yeah. I enjoyed
0: it. I agree. It was cute. It was a good little, we wanted to do a holiday episode. So I feel like this fit our holiday theme. Mm-hmm. So I agree. It was cute. Makes me curious about the other books in this world too. Alrighty. That wraps up Winter Fay Queen by Lexi Foss and J.R. Thorne. Uh, we thank you for listening. We hope you have happy holidays and a happy new year. Mm, travel safely and join us next time for M. I don't actually know what we're covering next. Oh, mother fucker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ugh, asshole cat. Just use her claws to anchor her to me. Nice. Okay.
1: great well we'll be discussing something next week oh yeah
0: yeah we'll be discussing something next week so join us for it thank you for listening to literary quest we hope you enjoyed our episode if you'd like to follow us on social media we can be found at literary quest podcast on instagram or facebook You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.